1: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
0: And I'm Karen
2: Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
1: The powerful storm off Florida's Gulf Coast has our attention this morning. It is prompting a red headline just crossing the Bloomberg Terminal. Hurricane Adelia has been upgraded to Category 4 strength. That is, according to the National Hurricane Center, top winds 130 miles an hour. Adelia is expected to make landfall later this morning. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is warning Gulf residents.
3: This is uh, crunch time right now.
1: Uh, We're going to get hit with a major hurricane. And Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn is
3: monitoring this storm for us. What is the latest, Rob? Nathan and Karen, Idalia continues to strengthen as it tracks towards the Big Bend area of Florida. It looks like it'll make landfall later this morning, somewhere between Apalachicola and Cedar Key. The good news is this area is not very heavily populated. The bad news is it's kind of shallow, so the storm surge is going to cause some significant damage, and that storm surge is going to be 10 to 15 feet. We also have tornado watches up along the path of the storm. That'll continue throughout the day up into uh, North Florida and eventually South Georgia. Uh, It looks like uh, we're going to see a potent storm system this morning. It won't really start to weaken a whole lot until later this afternoon. So what can we expect from the storm once that happens, Rob? Well, we'll see a switch from uh, the problems with the storm surge this morning and high winds to heavy rainfall later this afternoon as the storm works its way up towards South Georgia and eventually into the eastern Carolinas. Those areas are more at risk for heavy rain, though there will be some gusty winds, particularly along the Carolina coast once the storm system moves offshore tomorrow. We'll be keeping on whether or not it tracks out to sea or tries to move towards the south and east.
1: All right, Bloomberg Meteorologist Rob Carolyn checking back with you on Hurricane and Dahlia throughout the morning.
2: Well, it looks like the hurricane could have a financial impact on one of the world's richest people. And we get the story from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John.
4: And Karen Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway earlier this year made a bet that Florida's reinsurance market would deliver huge premiums with minimal losses. The firm's exposed to as much as $15 billion of losses in the event of a major storm. Aji Jain, the vice chair of insurance operations, said at Berkshire's investor event in May that they had a very unbalanced portfolio what that means he said at the time if there's a big hurricane in florida we will have very substantial losses Hurricane Adalia is about to test Buffett's bet with months of potential storms still left this season. I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you.
1: Turning to markets now, stocks are coming off their biggest gains since June, while bond yields retreat. That's after the latest economic reports bolstered speculation the Fed is nearing an end to raising rates. Today, the Fed and investors will have more data to digest, including second quarter gross domestic product. Bloomberg's Vinny Del Giudice reports.
3: In its initial estimate, the government pegged U.S. economic growth at a healthy 2.4 percent, up from last year's first quarter pace. Bloomberg Economics says the economy's momentum carried into the third quarter. However, high interest rates could cause the U.S. to falter late this year. Bloomberg Economics says a recession could be in the cards. Also today in the U.S., payroll processor ADP issues data on August business hiring, while the National Association of Realtors reports on July pending home sales. There's trade data, too for July. Vinny Dalgierdice, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Vinny, thanks. Well, there's plenty of economic data out of Europe this morning. The consumer price index in a key part of Germany indicates that country's overall inflation is accelerating and inflation quickened again in Spain. Consumer prices there rose 2.4 percent in August from a year earlier. That's up from 2.1 percent the prior month.
1: On the earnings front, Karen, shares of HP are down nearly 9% in early trading. The company is reducing its full-year cash flow and profit outlook. HP says a rebound in the market for personal computers will take longer than expected. We hear from another major player in the tech space later today. Salesforce reports earnings after the closing bell.
2: Well, Nathan, we're also following the crypto space this morning. This after Grayscale won a key court battle and it's pushed to launch a Bitcoin exchange-traded fund. The victory brings the crypto industry closer to tapping billions of dollars from everyday investors. And Bloomberg's Kaylee Lines breaks down what it all means for the sector. Grayscale has moved closer to launching a spot-based Bitcoin ETF in the U.S. in what is potentially a watershed moment for the crypto industry. A D.C. circuit court handing them a victory when a three-judge appellate panel overturned a decision by the SEC to block the ETF. They said in the ruling, this is a quote, the denial of Grayscale's proposal was arbitrary and capricious because the commission failed to explain its different treatment of similar products. In the absence of a coherent explanation, this unlikely." like regulatory treatment of products, is unlawful. Basically, they're poking a hole in the SEC's argument that a futures Bitcoin ETF, which already has been approved in the US, should be treated differently than a spot-based product. Bloomberg's Kaylee Lines notes Grayscale Investments' Bitcoin trust surged 17% yesterday.
1: And Apple said its biggest product event of the year. Here's Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The date is September 12th, and
4: Apple will unveil the iPhone 15 line and next-generation smartwatches. The company announced the plans on its website and via email under the tagline Wonderlust. The presentation will be streamed online at 10 a.m. Pacific with an accompanying event at Apple's Steve Jobs. Theater in Cupertino. Apple is under more pressure than usual with this iPhone launch. Its sales have slipped for three straight quarters as the company contends with shaky demand for smartphones and other devices. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Charlie, thanks. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris.
5: Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. President Biden's administration is criticizing New York City and the state for how they've handled the migrant crisis. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas wrote letters to Mayor Eric Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul pointing out structural and operational issues following an assessment of the program. Now Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul appear to be placing the blame on each other. Adams took Hockel to, to task publicly during his talk at NYU Law School just yesterday.
4: Governor hokel has been a, plan, a, a partner on subway safety, on crime, on a host of things. But I think this issue, I think the governor is wrong. Every
5: county in this state should be part of this. Hockel rejected that request last week, noting a 1981 agreement between the city and a homeless group that the city would provide shelter to anyone who needs it but she says that only applies to New York City and not the other counties in the state. A newly filed lawsuit is asking a judge to deem former President Donald Trump ineligible for the 2024 ballot in New Hampshire. The Boston Globe reports the lawsuit filed by Republican John Anthony Castro of Texas argues that Trump is ineligible to hold public office because he, quote, provided aid or comfort to the insurrectionists from the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Castro also filed a federal lawsuit in Florida back in January, seeking to have Trump disqualified, but that lawsuit was dismissed. A powerful member of Congress has announced a tough fight for his health. President Biden has called Representative Scalise to wish him a swift recovery. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he's talked with Scalise, who remains in good spirits. Scalise is often mentioned as a potential successor to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg, Karen.
2: All right, Amy, thank you. And it's time now for the Bloomberg Sp- update. Here's John Stashauer. John, good morning.
4: A near no-hitter in San Francisco. The Giants' Alex Cobb had it going with two outs in the ninth inning. Spencer Steer of the Reds broke it up with a double. Cobb threw 131 pitches all the way on a one-hitter. The Giants beat the Reds 6-1. The Orioles hosting the White Sox. 1-1 seventh inning. 2 pitch. Ground ball. Faces! Down the right field line it'll score one it'll score two Henderson flying around third he will make it a three-run double for Anthony Santander breaks the tie. UBAL had the call and the Orioles would go on to win nine to three they've got a two and a half game lead on Tampa Bay in the AL East there's now a three-way tie for first in the AL West as Seattle Lost for just the second time in the last 14 games. Beaten by Oakland 3-1. Now tied for first with Texas and Houston. The Astros won in Boston 6-2. The Nationals won in Toronto 5-4. Baseball Players Association asking for a review of safety protocols after that incident in Denver on Monday when fans came onto the field and went to Atlanta star outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. One of them embracing Acuna. Another knocking him over. Both were arrested last Friday at a White Sox game in Chicago 2 Female fans were wounded in a shooting. U.S. Ryder Cup Captain Zach Johnson filling out his roster with Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, Cole, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. John Dash Hour, Bloomberg Sports.
0: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg.
4: From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We continue to keep an eye on Hurricane Adalia. Now a Category 4 storm aiming at Florida's Big Bend, where the peninsula meets the panhandle. President Biden says he's keeping an eye on the storm. We're worried about the the surge, the ocean surge. We don't know exactly yet. It's hour to hour we're watching this. Also watching, of course, Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn, who joins me now. Rob, uh, it seems as though this storm is gaining strength and speed
3: really quickly. What's the latest track? Uh, well, the track now, uh, Nathan, as of the 5 a.m. statement from the Hurricane Center, has the storm moving towards the north-northeast at 18 miles an hour. It's about 60 miles due west of Cedar Key, Florida. It is going to make landfall later this morning in Appalachie Bay. Uh, the good news about that area is it's not overly populated. Uh, there's a big national uh, wildlife preserve there. It looks like that's where the worst of the winds and storm surge will go inland this morning. But it's such it's, it's, it's such a powerful hurricane with winds of 130 miles an hour, and it may strengthen a little bit more before it makes Landfall. It's going to be a dangerous storm as it goes inland into North Florida. Uh, The Severe Storm Prediction Center has a tornado watch in effect for much of Central Florida and the Big Bend area. That will extend later today on up into North Florida and South Georgia. Nathan, storm surge should be about 10 to 15 feet in that portion of the Big Bay, uh, Big Bend area this morning. The bay there is fairly shallow, so they think the water is going to be able to extend fairly far inland, and that will certainly cause some issues. Uh, Look for gusts over 130 miles an hour as the storm goes inland probably between about seven and eight o'clock this morning and then it looks like the big threat then becomes heavy rains which will be spreading from north Georgia into the Carolinas along the path of the storm at least four to eight inches of rain and that is certainly going to lead to lots of flash flooding across north Florida southern Georgia this morning and then on up into uh, eastern Georgia and the Carolinas later today and tomorrow.
1: So, it's not just that Big Bend area of Florida where we're expecting a lot of impacts. Uh, When we think about the storm surge, Rob, you mentioned that some of the worst of it is going to be in that less populated but shallow area. Are there other parts of the Florida Gulf Coast that need to be concerned about storm surge, even if it's not such dire levels as 10 to 15 feet, but possibly uh, more shallow, potentially, storm surge?
3: North of Tampa Bay, there's going to be a storm surge of about 48 feet, Nathan. To the west of Apalachicola, there's not going to be a problem with the storm surge since the winds are offshore and it's actually blowing the tide out into the Gulf. But it's those areas north of Tampa Bay all the way to about Apalachicola that are going to be problems. Again, about a four to eight foot storm surge, uh, I would say south of Cedar Key. And then it's 10 to 15 feet between Cedar Key and Apalachicola.
1: Why is this storm seeming like it's building so much strength so quickly? We've heard warnings from the National Hurricane Center that this storm is unlike anything that they've really seen before. Why is that?
3: Well, I disagree with that statement because Katrina was a Category 1 storm on the east coast of Florida in 2005. 36 hours later, it was a Category 5. So we have been seeing these storms get stronger much more quickly in the last 20 years. And it's due to the fact that the oceans are much warmer right now than they were 20 years ago. That's what's fueling this system. Uh, this storm has been moving over waters the last 36 hours that are at 90 degrees Fahrenheit that extend down to a depth of three or 400 feet. That's like rocket fuel for a hurricane. They breed. On water temperatures above 80 degrees and every degree you get above 80 is just fuel on top of the fire for these storms. That's why we're seeing them intensify so quickly and it's been going on for a number of years now. We had it happen with Irma and Maria back uh, several years ago. Katrina did the same thing. This has been the trend with these storms to develop very quickly and get very strong in a hurry.
1: Does that mean that we could see even further intensification before this storm makes landfall?
3: A little bit. The core of the storm is still over water, but a lot of its circulation now is over the Florida peninsula or panhandle. So I don't expect rapid deepening, but I certainly could see it at you know with winds of about 135 or 140 miles an hour by the time it makes landfall, which would put it on the same order as Hurricane Hugo, which hit Charleston in 1989.
1: Wow! And of course, we aren't watching just dahlia. There are a number of other named storms in the Atlantic right now. What other systems are you keeping an eye on that could potentially have an impact on the U.S.?
3: Uh, None of them, other than some big surf. Franklin is passing west of the island of Bermuda. It'll bring them tropical storm force winds today, but it stays out in the Atlantic. There's a cold front dropping down from the north and east, Nathan, that eventually is going to push both of these storms out into the Atlantic. Uh, Tropical depression number 11, no threat to anyone. That's a fish storm out in the south-central Atlantic.